Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to The Scoop. I'm your host, Frank Chaparro, editor-at-large at The Block. We have a very exciting episode of the show for you today. Joining us on the other side of the mic is our guest, Evan Chang, co-founder and CEO of Mistin Labs, the creator of Sui, a proof-of-stake layer one blockchain that is built to mount a challenge to the likes of Ethereum and Solana. We're going to be breaking down how Sui differentiates itself, or plans to, at least, from other Layer 1 blockchains. But before we dive in, I want to take a moment to thank the people that make the show possible, our sponsors. What's next for digital currency after a brutal 2022? While the core promise of crypto hasn't changed, digital currency is still forming the base layer for a new global commerce infrastructure. From merchants at the point of sale to corporations that want to pay suppliers and even employees more efficiently. Circle has always seen itself as a connector of the traditional world and the new world of digital currency. It's like building houses. What's the foundation and can you get the foundation right? Throughout Q1, I'm happy to host leaders from Circle here on The Scoop to give listeners the chance to hear how one of crypto's most prominent builders is paving the way for digital currency utility. Visit circle.com scoop for more information. Have you ever wanted to use DeFi without being seen? Railgun is a leading DeFi privacy solution on Ethereum. It's also a leading privacy solution operating across Binance Smart Chain, Arbitrum, and Polygon 2. And yes, that includes DEX trading. DeFi and privacy together at last. Visit railgun.org to find out more. This episode is also brought to you by Flare, an EVM-based layer one blockchain with secure, decentralized access to information from other chains and the internet. Flare's native interoperability protocols provide developers with a variety of high-integrity price and event data, including detailed transaction proofs from other chains and information from Web2 APIs. Build better and connect everything at flare.network. All opinions expressed by hosts and podcast guests are solely their own opinions and not necessarily those of the blocks. Podcast guests may have taken positions in the assets or other matters discussed in this podcast. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon as a basis for investment decisions. For full terms, visit theblock.co slash terms dash service. Again, I want to thank our guest, Evan Chang, for joining us, sir. Thanks so much for being on the show. Maybe for people who uh, have been stuck under the proverbial rock. Uh, what have you fine folks at Messon Labs been working on? And walk us through sort of how Sui falls under that broader umbrella. Uh, yes. So we've been building a new layer one blockchain platform called Sui. Uh, Sui stands for water. Uh, we want to convey the message, uh, the image of this being boundless, mm. uh, being able to be shaped into anything, no restrictions. Uh, as any kind of internet-scale infrastructure should be. So when you look at the broader landscape of Layer 1s, what pain points did you see out there that maybe weren't being properly addressed? Yeah. Uh, so a lot of people think all the Layer 1, the blockchains are all basically the same, right? They're a ledger for recording transactions, Um what people have not paid attention to is a lot of the fundamental functionalities, the utility mm. of the blockchains are extremely limited. Once you move on beyond stateless applications, 
such as you know kind of tokenization of assets and trading assets you start thinking about more complex applications and you want to map onto the blockchain uh, the model falls apart uh, there's a term mm. you know saying in computer science or impedance mismatch when you try to map um, you know live dynamic applications onto something that's essentially static um, you know blockchains currently are designed to allow the developer to create a model of static assets. And the ledgers are there to record the movement of static assets. Everything look like a, a casino chip. And the results we have, the industry has successfully built a lot of casinos. Everything gets turned into uh, you know, trading platforms, so to speak, uh, as we've seen what's happening with the AMT market today. Uh, there's not a lot of consumer-grade applications getting built. Um, even the gaming applications which uh, people try, right, they all end up looking like this, use, using the blockchain for in-game currencies or, you know, creating more tokens as rewards or the asset in the game themselves look like a static trading cards, right? Uh, so, you know, we have observed in the space and figuring out, you know, that's just the wrong way to go, right? So you really have to rethink the understand the problem you're trying to solve with blockchains and build the infrastructure to support that. You know, happy to go into a lot more details than that. But, you know, that's the, the premises. So why is SUI built using the move language instead of Solidity? Uh, Solidity, uh, we, have a, we have a term for it. It's a programmable foot gun. Uh, so... Mm-hmm. The whole principle behind smart contract is this automation, this program that lives on to replace centralized middlemen, right? Perform the functions such as custody for automatically responding to events, uh, for transferring assets, right? It's managing in a lot of way, uh, a lot assets worth a lot of money. So for something like this, right, there's some basic principle behind the language that Solidity simply doesn't you know, mm. satisfy, right? It needs to have a first-class mm-hmm. concept of assets. Uh, and the assets have the program, the runtime have to, the language in the runtime has to enforce certain property of assets. Like real-world assets, uh, you cannot create assets out of thin air. You cannot double spend it. You cannot drop the asset on the ground and just, you know, for it disappear, right? Solidity require the programmers basically do these checks themselves where if you have a first-class concept, uh, the runtime and the language can enforce it. Uh, it should never have dynamic behavior. Uh, we have a saying called, in a world where the link, you know, the program is the law, um, you know, interface is a crime. Uh, because we've seen this have been done over and over again. Attackers can implement something that satisfies the interface that's exposed but do so intentionally to poison uh, the, the, the protocol. So, yeah, it's a programmable foot gun, right? It's dynamic behavior, re-entrancy attacks, right? Or, you know, the, the smart contract forget to do some basic checks and these are being exported, um, you know, by attackers. And it's going to continue over and over again. It's a fundamentally unsafe language. Uh, Move is uh, static analyzable language and have all the concept that we described earlier that allow it, you know, the, the program, the runtime to do the right thing. So 
we defines away a whole class of attack vectors, such as, you know, reentrancy. It would never happen. Uh, a lot of the common attacks that you see in, uh, you know, Solidity, Ethereum, EVM chains are fundamentally impossible. So you were at Facebook, obviously, and Novi as well. When Move was being built out or established, as it were, was the ultimate intention to build Web3 consumer-facing applications? Or was it more of the movement of money? Because when we think about um, Libra, right, that was more of a, a payment service than, or a payments application than a uh, consumer Web3 play. Yeah, uh, it, it's, it's, it's both, right? You know, uh, you know the assets, uh, a programming language, smart contract system allow you, you know, the programmer to design new kinds of assets for the programs to manipulate assets, transfer assets, respond to, you know, demands uh, is part of Web3, right? It's one of the elements of Web3. Uh, we want to generalize beyond just a simple payment use case. But the fundamental uh, concept behind it are the same. Uh, the language should be, you know, flexible enough to design any kind of assets, complex or simple. Simple like a fungible token, complex like, you know, uh, an, an NFT in our case, an object that can have, you know, 20, 30 different kind of metadata can be composable. It's still the same principle. So we have always had uh, the sort of the ambition to design that's some a language that's general, it's broad, that's safe for the entire uh, kind of crypto Web3 space. Uh, never, you don't really design something, a language that's extremely narrow, that would be a domain-specific language. Uh, you know, you can argue for a payment system, you only need a few templates, um, you know, but we wanted something much, much, you know, more powerful. What's the developer community look like? How do you incentivize maybe uh, developers from other chains to be active participants within SUI? Yeah, I mean, SUI is not uh, just another blockchain uh, with a different programming language, right? Definitely Move appeals to a, a lot of uh, developers, whether they're a veteran in crypto or not. It's just a much more friendly language for them to learn. You know, it's mm. you, you have a type proper type system, you can define whatever you want, you know, all these, uh, you know, kind of foot guns, that we say, mentioned earlier, are just not impossible here. Uh, borrow some of the, you know, has some similarity to Rust, and so a lot of Rust developer can pick up and learn very, very quickly, uh, as opposed to Solidity, you kind of have to be a security engineer, right, to be able to do things right, and there is a very small number of them. So we always want to design the language to be broadly appeal. And beyond that, we really completely changed uh, the programming model and the data model along with it. So this concept of a programmable objects uh, that's hierarchical is composable, and the programs look like normal program where you have you're passing in objects an argument or assets argument and produce assets as uh, outputs allow you to you know, fulfill the mission, you know, kind of one of the things that we, we talk about in space, composability, right? It's much, much easier to chain things together, just much more familiar to developers. Um, so couple, you know, so couple that with a better developer experience and more powerful chain and 
that appeals to a lot of developers. And furthermore, we've been doing a lot of you know sort of prototyping and investigation on what sort of application you can build with uh, a blockchain technology. And we're putting out examples for people to look at to try to inspire them to think beyond what is currently out on the market today. So all those above uh, sort of draw a lot of developers to our ecosystem. And it's a massive one, right? We have like by far the biggest Discord, you know, community, like like four times bigger than the next biggest one in crypto. Um, and, and then the foundation is setting up, you know, kind of all kinds of program to incentivize uh, to de-risk developers, um, you know. So so we're thinking all, all the way through education and all the way to incentives uh, to, you know, just better technology to appeal to developers. What's the strategy in terms of incentivizing developers? Is it grants? What's the game plan there? Yeah. Right, so for a lot of the early stage developers, uh, you know, there, there, there's a lot of independent developers in the space. They're trying out new ideas at this stage. It's almost like a pre-seed kind of deal. Mm. Uh, the foundation has grant programs. Uh, the foundation website lists all the different verticals, the different kind of vacation we're interested in. Uh, you know, every wave they, they you know, give out uh, grants to the best proposals. Uh, these are string no string attached grants. Uh, we want to provide some seed money for the developer to de-risk them, uh, for them to to be able to do their job. So on the other hand, we also have attracting a lot of more serious and bigger developers. Uh, serious not meaning you know the the independent developers are not serious, but these are more sort of professional outlets that already have built a business. They may be coming from Web two. Uh, that's these are strategic partners that Miston have uh, kind of partnered with. Uh, we have a solution engineering team to deliver technical support. Uh, the foundation have DevRails team to also support them. Uh, we also do do some small investments, um, but but it's relatively small small numbers of investments uh, in strategic partners as well. So yeah, and a lot of partners obviously don't need to, uh, you know financial incentive. They're, they're looking to us for for marketing and technical and other kinds of support. I think there was a story that we we wrote. It looks like it was February 16th. I don't want to put you on the spot, but it seemed like you guys were trying to raise for a big Web3 fund, $100 million. It was reported. Is that is that to invest in some of the builders that you think might be, you know, Top tier developers building out apps on Sui. Yeah, first of all, this is not a Miston fund. Uh, Miston has no interest in operating a fund. Uh, we, I've been working with a f- couple of uh, veteran uh, investors. They have interest in doing something. Have interest in doing something better. Uh, you know, there's a lot of Web three funds, uh, but but they're looking for something that's more not restricted to a particular ecosystem and it's very aligned with LPs and also have the support of people who really, really fundamentally understand uh, Web3 technology and products. Um, so there's just an opportunity to start a fund uh, to be able to support the broader uh, Web3 ecosystem, not just Sui ecosystem. Uh, we think this is, uh, from the Mistens perspective, 
This is also better aligned uh, with LPs uh, as opposed to an ecosystem fund, which tend to spray and pray and almost like a grant program for, for anybody who wants to build on our platform. So that's just a strategy we're, we're pursuing. Uh, this is going to be a fund that's, you know, that Mistin will be friendly with, but it's not a, a, a Mistin uh, kind of owned fund, so to speak. Makes sense. What do you think are some of the killer apps? Like, is it gaming? Clearly, it sounds like you're you're less excited about some of these more financial use cases like decentralized finance. Do you think gaming might be the one vector that Sui can cannibalize? First of all, DeFi is very exciting. Uh, the challenge with DeFi is if you think about the reach they have, uh, they're, they're not really consumer-facing product. They're, they're more of a component that can be utilized to build consumer-facing product. And the example we're seeing on lending programs, for example, and just unfortunately those those go down the wrong path, uh, you, know, be, you know, lose all the transparency uh, kind of benefit of DeFi. So we look forward to continue to work with the community to build out, you know, better uh, kind of on-chain finance uh, products. Um, gaming is exciting. Um, you know, you know, it's a huge industry and, and a lot, you know, vast majority of the population in the world on the planet play games of some sort. So it is a big thing for us, and we have a massive uh, lineup, even for the launch. Um, you know, much much bigger than just about every, you know, most of the chains out there already upon launch. Um, and gaming is also interesting. It's it's sort of gaming, especially larger game uh, properties, are a combination of a few different elements. Right, there's the game itself, but a lot of games are also social. It has social elements. They have commerce elements in them. Uh, and the power of uh, blockchain crypto is really to make that convergence seamless. Uh, you know, imagine you know having you know assets inside the game that's has value and wrap as as an object that you know that facilitate trading. Imagine game you know social elements or element moments in the game that can be captured as sort of you know kind of souvenir, so to speak. Uh, that has value that can be traded or, or has other sentimental value. Uh, you know, imagine, you know, in a multiplayer game where, you know, some history gets captured mm. as part of the, you know, this sword has been used by a famous gamer to slay the dragon. It's going to be worth a lot more than others, right? So, you know, these are very, very powerful kind of, you know, ideas and people are experimenting with also other ideas around user-generated content. So we're agnostic to sectors, and we think the power of uh, our platform is to enable this convergence of a lot of different verticals. Um, you know, we support all of them. There's going to be a lot of really exciting uh, ideas and product around commerce as well. Um, every, every product, every platform out there are struggling with customer acquisition engagement. This is what it's built for. Uh, the blockchain technology is built for that. So so you will see lots and lots of different types of applications, social commerce, gaming, uh, finance products all show up on, on our platform uh, fairly quickly. We just need to get Farmville on the blockchain. 
Well, we we do have uh, uh you know a partner building an Animal Crossing type of uh, game. You know uh, that's exciting. Farmville type of game is definitely you know crafting and all these things are definitely you know great for you know good match for blockchain. Uh, at least for Sui, right, which can can build stateful applications uh, because of our object model uh, much more seamlessly. So when can we anticipate the launch of Mainnet? Uh, we can't give you a date today uh, other than to say we're working really hard towards it. We just completed uh, Testnet Wave 2 where we test out our tokenomics, our staking, liquid staking and, and staking protocol. Program we had a frenemy game that had over hundred thousand participants uh, that teach people about game theories and how staking works. So, so we're testing out different parts of the system, testing out the coordination with the our validator partners and and all that. Uh, and then the testnet wave three is coming soon, and then we're gonna like test more and more parts of the system. We what we can do is get the system ready. Uh, we want to launch with a great product. Uh, there's other, you know, coordination issues with our partners. Uh, there's the, the market conditions. There's a lot of things at play here. So it's hard to pin down an exact day uh, other than to say we're working really hard to get this onto the you know, mainnet as soon as possible. It's probably like a bit of a game of whack-a-mole. What, what's the inside of the war room look like in the months or, you know, year leading up to mainnet launch what type of thorny problems do you have to tackle well we're ambitious right we want to launch a network where on day one there's utility there's a lot of transaction there's benefit delivered to the consumer so it is really complicated right there's coordinating uh and, and the network is never done right this this kind of system is alive right we have a very ambitious roadmap ahead so right now it's you know figuring out what what is the the V1 product look like upon mainnet? What feature we deliver? What we will have to uh, follow, fast follow? What would take more time to bake? Uh, and and also supporting our partners, making sure they have the developer tooling they need, uh, stable API and, and good SDK experience so they can build their product. Uh, our, a lot of solution engineering teams are taking on tens of different projects right now, supporting them as well. And there, there is the ecosystem enablement partners, right? You know, we're talking about everything from exchanges, uh, on-ramp, off-ramp, custody, right? We recently, the foundation announced a partnership with BitGo, and there's more in the work, right? There's a lot of ecosystem player that needs to come in as well, not to even mention the validators and, you know, everybody else, right? So it is a, a massive undertaking. Um, it is almost like taking a company public, uh, you know, and having your partner launching uh, products on your ecosystem on day one. So yeah, we're, we're, we're working really, really hard around the clock. The core promise of crypto hasn't changed. Stable coins can bring faster payments at internet scale, from merchants at the point of sale to corporations that want to pay suppliers or even employees more efficiently. Circle has always seen itself as a connector of the traditional world and the new world of digital currency. USDC is more than just a stable coin. USDC is also an open source platform. When our transactions actually final and you can't change them anymore, that's another great quality property of cash because when you switch as hand, it's fine. 
vinyl, right? Can you digitize all those good quality properties and bring that in a digital form? USDC by Circle is at the forefront of this innovation. And that's why The Scoop is partnering with the folks at Circle to tell you guys why and how our industry is moving. A lot of us who have built USDC, myself included and Jeremy included, we are technologists. So we approach this problem from a technology point of view. Visit circle.com scoop for more information. Have you ever wanted to use DeFi without being seen? Railgun is a leading DeFi privacy solution on Ethereum. And it's also a leading privacy solution operating across Binance Smart Chain, Arbitrum, and Polygon too. Shield your funds and use them privately on your favorite DeFi apps. Railgun's cutting edge zero knowledge system encrypts your data from public view. And yes, that includes DEX trading. DeFi and privacy together at last. Visit railgun.org to find out more. This episode is also brought to you by Flare, an EVM-based layer one blockchain with secure access to information from other chains and the internet. Flare's state connector acquires detailed transaction data from blockchains and information from Web2 APIs in a decentralized way, so it can be used securely, scalably, and trustlessly in applications running on the network. Paired with the Flare Time Series Oracle for decentralized price and time series data, Flare delivers a developer focused blockchain with secure native access to more off-chain data than ever before. Build better and connect everything at flare.network. Can you walk us through, let's say we get to day one, what does the gaming ecosystem look like on SUI? Is, you, you mentioned you had big ambitions there. Um, is this traditional game companies coming in are they more upstart developers yeah it's a mix right it's a mix um you know we we don't have full control over the timing of our partners but you see for example netmarble has announced their game that will be coming to sui and netmarble is the biggest gaming company in south korea which is one of the biggest gaming country period right so they have massive and that's yeah. very much a traditional game studio coming to the platform. And obviously a lot of upstart, right? They tend to move a little bit faster uh, and they're very eager to be our launch partner. So we have a lot, a lot of those as well. Uh, what we want to show is a spectrum, uh, lots of different genre, different kind of gaming um, properties. Uh, it's not, you know, all play to earn. It's not all, you know, s simple games like, you know, these are, we believe, games people are going to enjoy, right? Like I say, we're partner doing an Animal Crossing type of game uh, that will be a launch partner. Lots and lots of different uh, properties, and we hope many, many of them will launch on day one, but some of them may come a little bit later when, you know, you know they need a bit more big time. Gaming are complex, um, but, you know, variety and, and showing off what, you know, novel game mechanics, novel usage of blockchain, uh, user-generated content platform, you know, so many different things is going to come to come to suite. What's the most difficult aspect of running a new layer one? Uh, well, so, so there's everything to the technology, you know, takes a lot of time to build. 
Uh, it's it's very demanding process to grow a community, uh, which we've done. Then understanding, uh, you know, you know, and the other aspect that's probably underappreciated is like decentralization. What does a decentralization means? People talk about the number of validator being one thing, but really, if you think about decentralization, is if you the ambitions for this to be a public utility where it's a fabric of the internet. You want other entities, other players to engage, to grow the ecosystem. It's not a job of missing lab, right? So we made the decision fairly early on to, you know, separate the foundation from missing lab very, very early. Uh, they're completely dependent off and running. They're growing the community. They're doing marketing. They're, they're dealing with all these programs like grants, right? Their job is to help you know, kind of basically grow the ecosystem and and basically, you know, sort of manage, uh, custody the the tokens that belongs to the community, which is more than 50% of that, right? Mm-hmm. And we did it very early on and there's very little uh, connection between Miston and Street Foundation. And that's hard, right? We kind of built this as our baby and we're giving it away. Uh, we trust the foundation members as well as other, you know, kind of the, players that's popping up in the ecosystem to do a good, good job of, you know, building, uh, building this out and supporting the community. And, and, and that's, that's hard, right? From, from the legal aspect, from starting essentially help bootstrap another company to understanding, you know, you know, how do we, you know, support each other, uh, it is a very, very difficult process that's pretentious. You know, I, I, don't, I don't think people appreciate it. That is really the true spirit of decentralization. It's not just the number of validators. It's letting go control and letting the community flourish by itself um, with the help of other uh, partners, other players in the ecosystem. How do you ensure that you maintain momentum when you think about the large list of Layer ones that have also raised heaps of money, high-profile projects like Definity, Polkadot, which promise faster, better blockchains, yep. and you know you kind of can lose yep. momentum in some instances. How do you how do you keep momentum going? Well, the first thing is build the right kind of products, right? And I think in this space, there's too much focus on the technology as a product uh, and forgetting what problem you're solving. For us, it's a north star. What are we solving? What we're trying to solve is to deliver the best developer platform. So then the the new developers can use the tool to challenge the incumbents to get the internet back to more fair and more peer-to-peer model, right? So that's our North Star. We focus on that. Then that's all the momentum is about supporting the developers uh, to do their job, right? Ultimately, we are only successful if a developer can you know, be successful on our platform, utilize our technology. It's less about the token price, it's less about how many people, you know, hardling your tokens and all that, right? It really is about the developer momentum. And with that, the focus has always been deliver the best product. Understanding the pinpoint of developer, understanding the pinpoint, the problems they're trying to solve, have a vision of what the future of Web3 enabled product look like, and build the best tools. Um, and at the same time, you know, get the words out, 
um, engage with the community, make sure they understand what our differentiation are, understanding our vision. Uh, so these are the things that drive momentum. So to do that, then sometimes we build example to showcase what we're capable of, the platform is capable of. Uh, we, you know, all these other pro program we talk about is also supporting that. So yeah, I mean, that's how we keep a momentum. Uh, also, we have a lot of these partnership, right? You know, reaching out and working with developer to help them build the right kind of product. That is a, goes a long way to, you know, keep up with the momentum. And now we have almost signing deals daily. Uh, we see this influx of developer interest coming in. It's really exciting. And we, 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 we expect to keep that momentum going. And so where's that interest coming from? It's word of mouth, first of all. Um, you know, developers are starting to get really excited and pulling other developers. Uh, it's definitely our, our Telegram, our Discord, and reflect that, right? There's just so much energy in this community. The other one is uh, we have vet vet veteran team, uh, for example, in gaming, right? We have so many people in the company that have been involved in the gaming industry in the past, we understand the product. Mm. So it's a very easy conversation for us to have with game studios when they are, you know, sort of coming into the space and want to talk to us and understand, hey, how can we build better products, right? Because what they've seen in the past are not really exciting gaming products to 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 them. But we so but we work with them to show them the way and that that interests draw other you know, gaming partners to us and, and apply the same playbook to every other verticals and you then you can understand why we're drawing so much interest from developer big and small. Yes, one question to round out the conversation. What what are some of the key KPIs or goals do you have for Missing Labs for this year? Yeah, it's really about the developer ecosystem and it's not just a numbers game. Uh, and I think too often you see this right every layer one or some of the you know layer twos put out this chart of several hundred you know dApps and all that and and then you look deeper nobody used the majority of them right so <laughs> we want we want to understand our reach to consumers right how many consumers are benefiting from the product that utilize our technology so that's what we focus on is how many developers have breakthrough products, right? What is the equivalent of Angry Bird back in the day uh, that that sort of basically launched, uh, you know, gaming on, on iOS devices, right? The, you know, that early breakthrough, the showcase example is what we're looking for. So it's not a, 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 a numbers of apps game, it's how many consumer that we indirectly reach through these products and what's the feedback to these products? Do they actually understand the benefit to them, this Web3 model versus the traditional kind of closed, uh, you know, locking model that, that we see in Web2? Uh, so, so that's that's one example. On the on one example, there there's others like you know how many creators are able to utilize a platform or utilize a product on top of a platform to make a living. Right? Can they actually get paid for their work? Uh, if mm. other people derive their work on top of their work, you know, are they benefiting from that? Right. So, so we see all the 
the the dramas around you know royalties, right? Do we、mm-hmm. do we have system that actually support them? So these are the the key you know KPIs we're going to be monitoring, and 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 that's what's going to drive us. And that's what's going to get a suey based Angry Birds at some point. Well, it's not Angry Bird per se, but it's going to be a new kind of application that people have not seen before. That will get them excited, right? You know, maybe another one example we will chat GPT moment where、mm-hmm. you you basically open up people's minds, right? The technology has been there for a while. It takes application people can relate to, can benefit from to, for them to really understand the potential, and that launch a new industry.、Uh, so that's what we're looking for.、Uh, that could come from one of our partners, could come from you know an example we ship. Uh, people utilizing,、uh, you know, the Capi is one example we put out, and, and we're seeing that effect of developer leveraging the the example we put out. So it could come from anywhere.、Um, so having a, the vibrant developer ecosystem is the key here. Because、mm-hmm. more experiments, the more likely somebody will 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 have a successful product, and that change the trajectory. What kills a Web three based product from the user perspective? Well, yeah, the easier thing is when they lost the、uh, so they trust in you.、Mm. Uh, when you、uh, be misaligned with、um, your community, right? In this case, the community can be developers, can be、uh, the stakeholders、uh, in the network. If you're not being transparent, being unfair, or if you show signs of、uh, kind of deviate from your vision,、uh, you take shortcuts.、Uh, these things, you know, it's the quickest way to for for the public to lose trust in you.、Mm. Uh, from the developer point of view, if you don't deliver on the real promise, right? If you give them a bad experience,、uh, or you don't support them, and that that can you know kind of kill the momentum as well. So it's all the above, right? Again, this is this is why this is extremely、uh, difficult,、um, you know, hard,、uh, you know, task. Not only shipping a product, but also continue to grow it and continue to support、uh, the the community. It's a very very big challenge. It's not for for anybody. Not for everybody. Yeah, it's not. Well, Evan Chang, our guest today. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us. Where can our listeners learn more about you and what you're working on?、Uh, well, three dot io is a good place to start.、Uh, you can, you know, all the documents there. You know, lots of example, the blog post, right? Everybody should go play with、uh, the our Capi game <laughs> on the DevNet.、Uh, that that you learn about what a you know ownership of digital asset actually look like.、Uh, so so that's always a great starting point. Then, if you're curious about how it's getting built, why it's different, read the blog.、Um, you know, should be quite exciting. A hundred percent. Well, thank you again for coming on the show. Appreciate your time. Thanks for having me. It was my pleasure. And the scoop will be back for you again with another great guest. Have an awesome day.